Welcome to This Week in Lotus. The weekly roundtable discussion of all things social, collaboration, technology and community. Here's your host, Stuart McIntyre. This Week in Lotus, episode 27 for Friday 19th November 2010. ILUG and Bezic Press for Domino. Definitely no boondoggle. Hello and welcome to another episode of This Week in Lotus. We're back for episode 27 of our weekly Lotus Roundtable. As usual, I'm joined by my co-host, Darren Duke. Good morning, Darren. Hey, Stuart. How are you? Yeah, very, very good. Thank you. How's your week been? It's been good. We had a lot of interactive feedback on the Twitter streams uh, this week from some listeners. So that was always good to find that we actually have some people listening. <laughs> well, I made the mistake of asking people how long they wanted the podcast to be, and we had widely uh, differing opinions. Some people saying longer to get more uh, coverage of, of each of the topics. Other people saying, you know, half an hour to three quarters of an hour. So um, I don't know, but we'll try and balance it out. Try, try and maybe go a little bit shorter, maybe under the hour if we can. It was interesting. I think the shortest I saw was 15 minutes. And then my esteemed of Elisa wants to turn us into the Taking Notes podcast. <laughs> and, and I think that that's an interesting point is that, um, you know, Bruce and Julian do such a great job with that podcast on a sort of one topic at a time basis. And and, and this is very much supposed to be a weekly news show. So it's kind of a different format and, and different uh, requirements come from that. And I think when you pointed that out to her, I think she was like, oh, yeah, that's a good point. Maybe I'll just put it through a graphic equalizer and have <laughs> Julian and Bruce speak in English accents and then I can have what I want. This is true. But maybe that's what she's after. OK, well, as usual, we're joined by a good number of um, excellent folks from around the Lotus community this week. So first of all, let's bring in Warren Ellsmore. Good morning, Warren. Good morning, Stuart. And how are you? Oh, very good. Very good now. Recovered from the exertions of iLug? Oh, yeah, just about. It's uh, been a busy couple of weeks. Sounds like you had some fun with a van. Yes, a very interesting hire van. That's probably the best way of putting it. <laughs> okay. Well, it's great to have you on the podcast today. Do you want to tell people who you work for and what you do there? Sure. Um, I'm a consultant for Blue Wave Technologies. Uh, we're an IBM business partner, obviously. And uh, I tend to sort of focus on the architecture side of things with them. So... Uh, Pretty much anything with the word Lotus in it, we, we do, and uh, that's that's my day job. Okay, great. Well, thank you for coming on the show, Juan. And next we have Jennifer Stevenson from RIM. Good morning, Jennifer. Good morning, Stuart. And how Everybody? are you today? Oh, very good, very good. Thank you. Thank you. And and how how's things at, at RIM? What, what do you do there? Um, everything's good at RIM. I am an enterprise product manager. I focus on... Um, the IBM kind of portfolio and how it applies to BlackBerry and what we can do from a mobilization perspective. So very much an advocate for all things Lotus, both internally and externally as far as BlackBerry is concerned. Excellent. We certainly appreciate your efforts and all you do with Lotus too. And next we, uh, next up we have Eileen Fitzgerald. Hi there, Eileen. Hello there. How are you guys? Really good. Thank you. It's great to uh, to have you on the show. I know you've been busy with podcasts this week. Telling you this is my second this week. I'm very, very excited to be on it. <laughs> it was great to have you here. I know we tried to get you on a few weeks ago, but it's great you can make it this week. So do you want to tell people what your role is? 
Uh, certainly. Um, I work for GSX, um, Collaboration Monitoring Software, for Domino and also RIM. We're an IBM partner and also a RIM partner. I'm in charge of product management and customer service for GSX. And in my spare time, I'm also kind of involved in this iLog thingy. Yeah, and we'll get to that in a little while. We'll certainly cover I love today. And last up, we have another folk from across the water in, in Northern Ireland. We've got Steve McDonough. Hi there, Steve. Hello, hello. Hello, and how are you? Oh, uh, just the usual. It's a Friday. It's nearly the weekend. Exactly. It's got to be good news. And um, do you want to tell people what you do? I know you're a Domino developer, aren't you? Um, a bit of a jack of all trades. Uh, my official title is Global Collaboration Manager. Um, I work a Japanese-American uh, multinational uh, electronics component manufacturer and basically similar to Warren, anything with Lotus in the title, I look after quicker, same time, uh, Domino apps, Domino Mail. Excellent. And you're also involved in iLug too, I believe. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm officially the, uh, um, the customer relationship manager. <laughs> I, I saw a photograph and I think he's the spokesmodel. <laughs> Don't forget a historian, historian as well. Oh, it's a historian as well, yes. Yeah, excellent. Yeah. We didn't have an awful lot of complaints, surprisingly enough. <laughs> <laughs> well, faced with Steve and Coatsy, I can completely understand why. So, uh, Eileen, let's let's kick off with you then. Clearly, uh, the last couple of weeks have been pretty busy for you with uh, the iLug event. Uh, it's the first time in a couple of years it's run, I believe. So, do you want to talk people through, you know, effectively what is iLug? Uh, how many days did you run for? Where were you based? And all that kind of thing. Uh, certainly. Um, iLug, as I'm sure a lot of you are aware, is a free event where we get speakers and sponsors from all over the world. Um, bring them over to Ireland, um, have a bit of fun, have some excellent sessions on. And um, it's technically the Irish Lotus Notes user group. In reality, it's, um, it is that and more because we've got attendees from all over Europe that come. It's not just our Ireland. We started it, I think it's been on now for the past seven years. Originally, it was annually, but it just grew so big in the logistics of it that we do one on and one off now with UKLUG, which Warren, I think you're talking about later on. Yep. So it was in, yeah, so it's in Belfast. It was in Belfast this year. Uh, we had it in Dublin before and we moved it to Belfast. Paul very, very kindly managed to um, trial one the hotel that we were in. He had a wee event there himself earlier on this year. He got married there earlier on. <laughs> So no, it was great. It was great fun, great success. We our sponsors were fantastic. Um, the attendees were really, really good. They spent a huge amount of time in with the sponsors, which is always critical. We got very good feedback from our sponsors as well. They said it was the best ever in terms of um, attendees visiting the site, and this is key. Um, I think for all logs is that because it was over three days and because we had sponsor sessions and we actually when we were scheduling the agenda we made a strong effort to put the sponsor sessions as early on in the on in the agenda as we could so that people could attend those sessions and then go and visit afterwards once they had the overview and that seemed to work our sponsor said they had an awful lot of people going there was very good quality there was a lot of interest and um, from attendees and also, we had a couple of firsts for iLog. We had Karen Brent from the Beta Labs came. So there was connections, was just a few days old, and there they were demo demoing it. 
We had Eamon Muldoon brought some of the developers up from Dublin. So we had a meet the developer session. And as always, Tim Clark was fantastic with his tech labs where people could just come and play with the actual products. So were all the developers chained together like a chain gang so they couldn't run away? <laughs> we were teasing actually. I threatened I threatened to form a competition where we could actually see how many of the attendees had hugged a developer. <laughs> <laughs> we actively encouraged it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The cattle prods were only needed on the Monday. I know, yeah. It was audience participation. So Steve Warren, did I miss anything there? Oh, uh, the bus tour. You missed the bus tour. Bus tour. Well, the important thing at these events as well is is that there's ancillary um, programs that are not just technically related. So there was a bus tour of Belfast organized. We had some very alternative, interesting presentations, which I'm sure we shall talk about in a minute. Um, and also, the one thing... The one thing that is very important with this event and the big difference I've noticed with iLug over the years is I'll get an awful teasing about being the clipboard queen and I go around my clipboard with my list of things making sure that everything is done. The team have been doing this for iLug and for UKLug now for, for quite a while and everybody just slots into their rota. I felt very redundant this year at iLug for the first time ever because I'm going around my checklist trying to make sure things are done and everybody had already done it. So the team was fantastic. They really gelled. It's a very, very strong team, and everybody puts in 150%. And that's key as well to the success of these events. And I think that's, that's something that's very noticeable as an attendee. I've, I've been to, the, I think, the previous three uh, iLugs, and, and it's very obvious that there's a, a really integrated team of people who who pull this together um, you know, as a group yep. and, and do yep. such a great job of, of covering up some of the issues that come up in any user group because oh, yeah. if you've got four or 500 people, whatever it is, milling around a, a um, an event, there's always going to be things that are unexpected that come up, and you seem to deal with those so well. Yeah, no, it runs very, very smoothly. And um, with Coatsy and Steve as our customer complaints department, <laughs> we didn't have a huge amount of... I, again, it's a free event. And the sponsors, what makes it so, so, such a special event, especially in the organization of it, is the participation from the sponsors. Um, we had a, a lot of IBMers over and they really participated. I was. I commented as well that we had our keynote speakers. Um, Ed was there and Kevin Cavanaugh were there. But they didn't just come do their presentation and then go off again. They milled around. They were very accessible. It was a very casual environment. They spoke to the delegates. Um, a lot of the delegates were really delighted to actually have the opportunity to talk with um, Mary Beth, Ed, Maureen Leyland, all of these people, Kevin Cavanaugh, who were very, very accessible. Yeah. So, and also free drink. Do not forget free drink. We have, <laughs> for, so for example, having a lot of our sponsors as well, they sponsored ancillary events. Jen, I know you did some, you did uh, some prizes and some that made it really, really fun with RIM. Uh, GSX sponsored the bar one night and then another night, Hatzel and Blue Wave sponsored the bar. And this really helps add to the atmosphere and make things, you know, really adds to the overall informality of it. Absolutely. So this is a drinking user group with a bit of technology then, right? Oh, for crying out loud, it's iLug. <laughs> so, yes. <laughs> it's collaboration, Darren. Unless we, it's collaboration. Unless, unless we forget Coatsy's onion marmalade. Oh, Coatsy's onion marmalade. We had a bit of an impromptu um, first off as well with uh, wine and cheese where 
um, on the night before during the setup. And that actually seemed to go down pretty well, Steve. Some of the cheeses from Ireland and crackers and a bit of wine. Oh, and yes. Some lots, lots and lots of wine. Mm-hmm. Yes. And, and very hot chili jam as well. Yeah. But again, it all added, added to the community spirit of it and the informality of it. It was just very casual. People turned up the day before, specifically walked in. Okay, I've never been in Belfast before. I could be exploring the countryside, but do you need me to do anything? I will help pack bags. Suddenly we've got 10 people packing bags. It's fantastic. Just the involvement, the community is really is super. It's great. And it's important to know, you, you mentioned the speakers there, and, and I know you're very successful getting speakers from all over the world come and, and speak at ILUG. And they all pay their own way, don't they, to, to come and, and be involved? They do. Um, all of the speakers, it's obvious how much they all care about the community. Um, there are three factors associated with that in that Paul could charm and is a very charming person. And basically, I think he's got them scared to bits that if they don't come speak at ILUG, he'll go chase them. <laughs> um, he's really the driving force behind this as well with coordinating the sponsors, the speakers, et cetera, et cetera. The logs are an excellent opportunity to practice sessions. Um, I've said it before and I'll say it again. It, it's an excellent opportunity if you're thinking that you would like to start presenting at Lotusphere or if you have presented at Lotusphere already and you're trying out a new session, do them at the logs beforehand. It gives you great feedback. It gives you a run for the flow of the presentation. And it's, they're just fantastic practice runs. So we have Lotusphere speakers who come to the logs and I think you're trying something different. So they, they will come, even though these people have been presenting for years, they really value the uh, opportunity to try something different in front of a live audience, if you like. And that brings us on to some of the sort of special sessions you had this year. And Warren, I know you presented one. What was your topic? Uh, well, my topic was Lego, actually, um, <laughs> which is, well, so there is a, a collaboration aspect to it, definitely. So I, I did a topic on um, basically the history of Lego and the Lego company. And not many people will be aware that about five or six years ago, the Lego company was in serious danger of going under. It was losing an awful lot of money. They're very open about this now. But uh, it was the way in which the Lego company actually got together with their community and their customers and started doing things with the community and specifically for the community, managed to turn the company around. Um, so it was a bit of an allegory, a bit of a um, here's what could happen type of story. And uh, it seemed to go down very well, actually. The feedback I got was really good. Excellent. And, and I think you're organizing a, an adult Lego conference, aren't you, next year? I am actually. Um, it's a bit of an aside, but I was having a chat to various Lego people I know about UK Lug and iLug actually back in February, and they all went, "That sounds great. Can we do something for fans of Lego, adult fans of Lego?" Um, so yes, we've got a Lego conference coming up in uh, Manchester on the 28th and 29th of April next year, which will sort of segue very nicely to some other dates, which I'm sure we'll come on to. In a yeah, we certainly will. And so Steve, what's it called? Just Lug. Oh, it's called Affolcon. So it's a bit like Comic-Con, <laughs> but for Affols, which are adult fans of Lego. So um, it's www.affolcon.com. And again, just a bit of an aside, I've been down to some events that Warren has uh, been involved with, uh, local to me in, in Wiltshire, um, where a lot of the adult fans of Lego come together. And it is just astonishing, the community that and number of people that are involved in that. It is. It's it's. Um, scarily familiar 
is, the, <laughs> is the really bizarre thing. Actually, I was going to put in my session, but I, I didn't. There's two. Well, there's there's two or three hotels in Billund where Lego is is based. One of which is called the Swan, and the other one of which is enormous triangular hotel. <laughs> <laughs> Very weird. And Steve, you also presented one of these sort of unusual sessions. Do you want to talk us through what yours was? Um. Well, uh, on the uh, the first night of the conference, uh, there was a bus tour um, where people who were unfamiliar with Northern Ireland and Belfast in particular could go off and, and uh, uh, look around Belfast. On the Thursday night, there was a bit of a gap after uh, speed geeking. Um, so I volunteered to fill it with a, a short half-hour, 45-minute session on um, the history of Northern Ireland. Which surprisingly, well, not surprisingly, because Coatsy and Paul were going around with a cattle prod pushing people into it. Um, I was expecting about 10 or 11 people to turn up, but most of the conference turned up. And uh, uh, it was well received and uh, people laughed at the appropriate point. Um, my aim was to make sure that people were probably more ignorant about Ireland when they left my session than they were when they went in. <laughs> Um, I've, I've actually got to pass on some thanks to Jennifer here. I didn't realize she'd taped most of it. <laughs> Did she? Excellent. Yes, it's now all up on YouTube. Uh, <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> I merely had a Blackberry and it was handy. There you go. It was, it was terribly good quality too. Yeah, def, definitely a, a budding filmmaker there, Jennifer. <laughs> you, you actually managed to make me look skinny as well in places, which was good. <laughs> <laughs> it's all about the angle and using the pearl. You got to use the pearl. <laughs> oh right, that's the one that that, that uh, takes the pounds off. <laughs> I want one. <laughs> <laughs> and I, Eileen, something I'm interested in is is it's it's been a pretty tough couple of years, particularly in the Irish economy, and and mm -hmm. you know people oh, are struggling. Don't talk about the Irish economy. <laughs> <laughs> people are struggling for funds to attend events. Has that yeah. had any major difference to attendance to ILUG? Um, attendance at ILUG this year hasn't been as high as previous years. We still had a very good turnout. It's actually interesting, though, because in some ways that's worked to our sponsors and the attendees' advantage. The feedback, we, which was quite interesting, and it wasn't until we actually had feedback from a lot of the sponsors that we understood this, in that the people who are attending are serious. They're really interested in going. They're there for a reason. So it's not just a boondoggle, as they say. So the feedback we had from the sponsors, again, not only the time, but the attendees were serious. If they came over and spoke with the sponsors, if they came over and sp spoke with the speakers, they had an agenda. They were there to actually learn, to collaborate, to get involved, not just turning up because, oh, look, that's a couple of days off work and off I go. Not that anybody would ever do anything like that. Sure. So. Exactly. So therefore, while the, qu while the um, quantity may have been down from previous years, the quality was actually up, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Because so I that was... <laughs> We were deadly disappointed, Darren. <laughs> Me too. And just to go back as well about what I'm, we mentioned earlier on about the speakers, uh, the speakers, all the speakers making a big effort to come over on their own book and um, to present and interact with the community. I mean, the community this year, oh, more than any other year, I thought, was a very, very much a community event. And Warren's session actually on Lego inspired another impromptu session that Mary Beth and Joyce Davis, Joyce Davis came in informally on the Lotus community. 
How can the Lotus community, how can IBM work closely with the Lotus community on community events, community spirits, communications, et cetera, et cetera. And that actually went down very well, I heard. Unfortunately, I wasn't at it because um, we were busy distributing multiple pints at the time as well for another session that was on. <laughs> was that Mr. Novak by any chance? Uh-huh, uh-huh. And I must say I was very well impressed with the sense of community because even though that was the only free slot and it was an impromptu session, Mary Beth still had a full, and Joyce still had a full session going. That's they great. were up against free pints and they still had a huge amount of people attending. <laughs> It'll be interesting to see what feedback there is from that session because I, I think it was asking quite a lot of the yeah. sort of important questions that need to be asked about this community and where it goes. So it'll be interesting to see exactly. what, what happens. Yep. Mm-hmm. Okay, and Jennifer, you've mm-hmm. obviously been at, at iLug as a, um, a vendor that sells products to do with Lotus. What's what's your sort of feedback on iLug and the other use groups you go to? Does it, does it really bring more business to, to companies like RIM? Well, I think in a sense it does because it works through the community. I think one of the the good things about going to all the user conferences is that people get the sense that we are, meaning RIM or BlackBerry, are in tune and we're concerned about the community. I think if you go in with a sense of, you know, can I walk out with a full order pad, you'll probably be, uh, you know, a bit disappointed. But I think it's about kind of just building the rapport, building the relationships. And I think being able to get such candid feedback from people and being able to take that back and and make changes to your product, I I think that's where the real value is. I mean, I I have been going to a lot of user groups over the number of years. And, you know, I I always say, and I think it's just because it's near and dear to my heart, but the the Lotus user groups, specifically the the ones both in in Ireland and the UK, there's just such a a really sense of community and the fact that you can have a very candid, maybe sometimes painful <laughs> you know conversation with people that really kind of spurs you on or t- makes you take action I think that's really where the value is and I think you know the camaraderie as well and the fact that we all can, can kind of sit back gab and and talk very openly about what we like what we don't like that's kind of where the the synergy really really lies in going and participating and and kind of doing all the traveling that everybody does to kind of get to them that's great. And, and Darren, I know you run some user groups over in the States. Um, is there anything from iLog that you think you could learn in terms of the way you do user groups or are they just very different in terms of the way you run yours and the sort of mini Lotusphere kind of feel of iLog and UKLog? First point, I don't run dick. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's uh, in Atlanta, that's a gentleman called Randy Davison. And then oh, elsewhere around the southeast, it's actually Lisa. So Lisa, Lisa does does a lot of this. Um, but I, I will speak to that as best I can. I, I think the, 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 the difference really between the states and probably the rest of the world is, is really like the, the metropolis kind of idea. But there's these big cities and there's, a, you know, you can, you can build user groups in any of the big cities in the United States. And so I think from, from that respect, it, it's, it's kind of, it, it's a bit more difficult to do a super Look like an I look, but you know, the I am look Chris Miller's stuff and then MW look, um, Richard Moyes kind of and great and and um, the guys, uh, yeah, mm-hmm. they they do a pretty good job. But I, I think in, in the southeast where I'm based, and the southeast is at least probably the size of Europe, it, it's kind of difficult because there's, there's a couple of big cities interspersed by absolutely nothing, uh, and so we kind of target that kind of area from that. Um, and plus, I, I honestly don't think I, I would have the patience to, to run a two or three day one 
<laughs> I think I'd end up killing someone. So, you know, Paul and Eileen and, and, and Steve and, uh, you know, everyone else. Um, and Warren and get, gets my utmost respect because I don't think I could do that. I think Lisa could. And there's been some talk of it over the years, but we've just never had the, the, the wherewithal to, to, to kind of bite off that big of a, of, of a piece. I'd be interested to see what what kind of happens on that. I, I did notice there was a conversation on Ed Brill's blog about a user group in New Zealand or Australia, and you know whether Paul would go out and organise that. So Eileen, I don't know whether you've got some travel ahead doing that kind of thing in the future. I'd be interested to see whether it works out. <laughs> and and I think you know it's it's probably worth saying as well where, where I'm situated. We are so close, theoretically, relatively to to, to Orlando. That you know, timing is is kind of everything, and and that's also something that we've got to be cognizant of. Yeah, it's an interesting thing we found for UK lug actually. Um, two years ago, we we're, when we we're in London in a big city, is we got a great attendance, but everybody turned up nine to five and then went home in the evenings. So. <laughs> You know, missed all the collaboration and all the time, yeah. chance to actually chat to people. So, I can I can appreciate the the problem entirely in the in the US because that's that's the geography. Um, you know, so it's interested. It is interesting. There's one other thing I'd just like to to pop in here. We did consider it quite strongly. Unfortunately, one thing or another, we couldn't get it organised. As that um, the the organising committee felt that it was starting to get a bit gray at the edges. <clears throat> um, uh, we didn't have an awful lot of young folk. Um, so we toyed around with the idea of actually having an education track where we would go to the local universities and colleges and uh, ask them if they wanted to come along and we put on some sessions that basically introduced the Lotus collaboration platforms and said, okay, these are being used, Fortune 500, yada, yada, yada. Um, and it's free. Come and talk to us. Uh, you will probably see these in the uh, in the wild when you go out there. Uh, but unfortunately, because of logistical things, we couldn't get it arranged on this particular occasion. But certainly, it's something I think that the lugs, particularly, and IBM as well, should be looking at, is getting into the hearts and minds of those students that are out there at the minute, either just about to join the workforce or joining the workforce within the next uh, sort of uh, year, year and a half. It's a really interesting point. Now, I know it's one that people have brought up about Lotusphere, whether we can get more students into that environment by giving them free tickets or travel or whatever it takes to get in there. But for, for sure, we need the younger generation coming through, don't we? And user groups maybe are a way to, to get those local folks in. Yeah, and, and uh, we did get, um, uh, we approached the two, two local universities in Belfast and we got a a good response from from one of them. Uh, it was just a a question of funding, and uh, we didn't quite get the the pennies together uh, quick enough for it. But certainly, I think with the UK log or the next dialogue, definitely we will be looking at that, that maybe pushing that a bit harder. Right. Okay. And and so that that brings us on really to the next topic, which is that um you know clearly we have Jennifer uh, on this call. It's really great to to have you on today. Um and and there's been some pretty big news coming out of RIM over the last few months or so, particularly around Bez Express for Domino, which was announced. I think it was early on this month. Yes. Yes, yes. Okay, so you know this is something that's been available for Exchange for a little while. I think, I think from the beginning of the the year, and it's now available for Domino. So, do you want to take people through what um what Bez Express is? So uh, basically, Bez Express is an offering that allows 
I guess any organization or SMB uh, who are looking to mobilize their domino environment with a bit more opportunity for a, a true integrated mobile experience. So kind of what you have for the, the, the full biz, if you will, it allows you to extend your email, your calendar, your, your contacts, use uh, web access to gain access to applications on the back end or, you know, Facebook, Twitter, all those types of social media uh, without the overhead or the cost that would be normally associated with a full bez. So there's no software cost or any licensing cost and you don't have to get that big, you know, bez uh, kind of tariff that would be associated normally with BlackBerry. You can use a biz tariff to, to access and get connectivity to a bez express. So it kind of gives you that big bez feeling without all that overhead. And, and you kind of have the opportunity to really turn around and say, okay, well, I don't really need, you know, 500 IT policies or I really don't want to have, a, you know, integration, say, from a PBX or the extension of that. So uh, the Bez Express kind of sits nicely in between a full Bez and, yeah, our current Bez offering in the market today. So I don't know if you've ever listened to this podcast, but I'll actually be nice to yeah. you today. Um, <laughs> I have listened to it. I have, yes. Okay. My, but I will my, use my, this my, no comment. <laughs> my question revolves around the, the, the silence, the absolute cricket, like <laughs> silence that happened when, when BlackBerry Express for Exchange came out. So we know it was a six to eight to nine month gap between the two versions. Was, was this a, a, a decision by RIM to, to bring out Domino Express later on, or was this just part of RIM's super secret, almost as bad as IBM's marketing campaign strategy? <laughs> well, to, to, to kind of be honest, it was actually always kind of kind of paired up next to Exchange. And I think one of the things they, the, you know, being with RIM, being very agile, what, one of the things they wanted to see is kind of test the waters. And I think it just kind of became, well, wait a minute, are we testing the waters? And then once the waters were tested, to kind of let's get the feedback and it was just probably you know you know just timing and whatnot but um one of the the good things for us with regards to getting you know the the best express for domino out in that gap if you will is being able to get some really good feedback from the best express for exchange so being able to to roll up some of the you know what i mean some fixes and some changes that we wanted to into the uh, Bez Express for Domino. So, you know, it was kind of like, well, let's see what's going to happen. And then also we took it to, we took advantage of that timing to say, oh, wait a minute, are there some code changes that we really should be building into it? Um, I think we learned a lot in regards to what we did for Exchange and then kind of making some, you know, changes to the core Bez uh, for Bez Express to, to be able to take advantage for when we release the Domino product. And, and okay, so that, that's, that's good news. Um... So in, and this is just an opinion, and feel free to say no comment, and you can even ask Stuart to cut this out if you want. Um, <laughs> and, and that is, do, do you think RIM's lackadaisical approach to promoting this? And, you know, the first we heard about this was maybe October when it leaked out of Brazil. Uh, do, do you think that the utter silence has maybe cost RIM long-term customers moving to Traveler? Um, uh, I don't, I, well, I, I'd like to Say I don't think so. Um, I think that it was just again maybe probably poor timing or, or just you know whatever. But I think for for us it was just wanting to 
really address some of the issues that we wanted to fix for the domino release and trying to be very pragmatic about when can we get those issues fixed and when can we go to market and when can it be available. Um, you know, the, as, as well as anything, when you're writing code, when you're doing changes, um, we actually worked really, really closely with IBM. And if it wasn't for IBM's feedback, um, we probably wouldn't have caught some things or we could, we probably wouldn't have changed some of the things that we did. So it was just one of those things, trying to get things fixed, trying to get them right, kind of working with some EAP customers, getting feedback and trying to package it and then trying to get it out the door. Uh, I'm not sure if that answers your your question, no, but I, that it was just one of those that we were trying really hard to get it, you know, fixed. And then, you know, you're trying to manage who's telling what to whom and, and you know, people are getting excited because somebody's got it working and we're like, well, wait a minute, don't say anything, hang on. So it was one of those things. Well, and, and I think that's a, a, a problem that, that we have as, as a whole, as a community. You know, we, we're all long-suffering IBM business partners and customers on this podcast and, 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 We've learned long ago that silence is always, always a bad sign. And my <laughs> my closing point to Rim is, you know, be a bit more open and say we are working on it. We don't know when it's going to be available, but we're hoping, you know, maybe Q1 2011 and just let people know. And I think, you know, a modicum of information that may be a bit elongated is better than no information at all. Yeah, yeah, and I think one of the things for us is, like any company, right, it, you don't want to get burned by saying, yeah, we're working on something, and then in the midst of having those conversations, you have something or a platform that changes, and, and I've kind of seen that before, <laughs> and you're sitting there going, oops, so you've changed your entire infrastructure, wait a minute, we got to go back to the drawing board, and, and I think it's just that having, that fear of having egg on the face yet again, you know what I mean? So I think it's just finding the balance, but definitely we'll take that back because, you know, it, it is always good for us to have that information ahead of time or even for planning, right, from, from both the partner as well as customer. Eileen, you had some questions. I do, I do, I do. Uh, we had a lot of excitement from our customers on the BEZ monitoring side when BEZ Express was released originally and also on the Domino side. I was just wondering, what's the market take-up been? I mean, you, what's the take-up been? Who's taking up on it? Why are they taking up on it? Um, what type is it? Corporations, resellers, et cetera, et cetera. Well, it, it's interesting because we've actually, and this is, you know, I think for, for Exchange, they, they probably saw something very specific, but across the domino market, you're seeing everything. So you're seeing everything from hospitals to universities to we've had financial mar uh, financial industries. We've had, um, you know, travel. I mean, it, it's really weird because it's almost bouncing all over the place. And then in that, you have the thread of SMB, right? So you have people doing everything from, you know, um, consultancy to, to gardeners yep. to everything. Um, I think the take up has been very, very good. I mean, we saw um, downloads skyrocket and obviously it's one thing to download the code and, and then another thing to install it. I think to be quite honest, we'll probably need to give it a few more weeks to kind of see what that percentage is, right? So, so how many people downloaded it versus how many people are actually activating it, um, installing it, activating it, and then associating devices with that. Um, so I think we we do have a bit of you know some time to figure to see the actual kind of culmination of of the downloads. But for right now, it, it's really good, and and I think you know especially within EMEA and, and the LATAM markets, I mean just it it, it was huge. Once it, it you know we put it up there to say hey you can download it now. We saw tons of hits. Um, do you have any figures you can share or 
is that uh no not not as of yet i mean i think we i mean although we're we're, we're obviously following it um i don't think mm-hmm. it's I haven't been privy Public. to any of them right now. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think, you know, um, it, it's always obviously something close to the chest, but I know we haven't gotten anything yet. I'm sure at some point there'll be, you know, as you know, a press release saying this is how many downloads we've had. But right now yeah. there, there's nothing. Yeah. That's fair enough. Is it predominantly in EMEA? I, I heard somewhere that take-up was, there was skyrocketing in EMEA compared to North America, or is it equal? Yeah, yeah. It, it's actually EMEA and then LATAM. So the Latin America market. And, and EMEA. Um, but then again, you know, to be quite honest, um, if you're looking at who's targeting and what they're utilizing it for, you're also seeing that within EMEA, you have more and more um, organizations allowing people to bring in, say, personal devices. So the Bez Express kind of sits in nicely. So you're not having to do the, you know, almighty Hulk lockdown on something. Um, people just mm-hmm. want to be able to bring in their personal device, integrate it, and then the uh, organization wants to be able to still issue some sort of administrative policies to that. So you're seeing a nice balance. And that kind of wave came out of EMEA, didn't it, before it actually is impacting the U.S. I mean, you're even seeing it in LATAM um, happen before it's actually kind of taken hold in the U.S., although you do have organizations embracing the whole, you know, bring your own device type of thing. Oh, so that kind of leads into another question is the positioning of Bez Express versus your standard Bez offering so and the differentiation between the two. Yeah, I I think it's just the positioning is finding that soft spot in between your biz and your Bez offering, right? So you don't want to have where somebody views the biz as just maybe a web interface and you know as great as it is and as evolving as it is there are still some 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 limitations in relation to your best enterprise um, yeah. so it was kind of like you needed something in the middle and there there have been other products that try to fit that but with the evolution and, and where we're going with just kind of what we're trying to offer a customer Baz express fit nicely in that you know what I mean where yeah. you want to do some things, but you don't want to do everything. So the Bez Express kind of fit in very nicely. And I think you're going to see it actually, um, I, I've heard of a few customers already looking at it as a tiered offering. So you're going to see it installed alongside a Bez Enterprise, and then you're going to have a Bez Express because a Bez Express can hold up to 2,000 users. So, you know, yes. some customers already said they're going to use it as a toggle. They're going to be, they're going to say, okay, Jennifer wants, you know, her company, her cost center is paying for full service this month, but they're going to move her to Buzz Express at the end of the month. So they're almost going to use it as a tiered offering so that they can kind of, um, you know, manage the, the, the overall cost of offering mobility. And, and it's also obviously what that person's trying to achieve. Am I going to take advantage of all the services or am I not? You know what I mean? That type of thing. Okay. That makes an awful lot of sense. And, and yeah. what is, what is the different? Well, um, the, I, I'll do some high level ones. We, we have a matrix actually on the site. So if you go to www.blackberry.com slash express, you, you'll get not only the download links, but you also get a comparison matrix that kind of goes through all the offerings. But at a very high level, what it is, is just kind of, again, the, the IT policies, that's the, probably the biggest one in the sense that on the full Bez, you get 500 plus, whereas on Bez Express, you get around 75. Um, also, there's uh, you don't have the option of maybe ex- or extending the Bez Express to integrate into our MVS offering. So if you want to en- uh, extend your enterprise PBX and utilize our mobile system, our mobile voice system, you don't have that option. You would need to actually go up to the full Bez. Um, the collaboration is going to be limited to to web access. 
but at the same point, you'll still be able to have the clients like, you know, your, your BlackBerry Messenger, of course, and Facebook, Twitter, things of that nature, your Google Talk, all that kind of stuff. It'll still work on the device, but I think you kind of look at it from having a true, you know, full-blown uh, enterprise offering versus, you know, a Bez Express where you have kind of limited administrative functionality, so you don't want to kind of open the gates, if you will, to the enterprise, right? So if you're going to have the full gates, then you definitely need to kind of have that full um, security experience as far as the, the full Bez versus the Bez Express. As I understand it, the uh, the Lotus clients for BlackBerry aren't supported either, so same-time quicker connections? Yeah, because that's going to be considered an enterprise collaborative move, right? So so it is something that we're obviously looking at. And we're, we're again, the good thing about being, you know, in a, in a kind of an agile uh, group is saying, okay, how does that work? Is that good? And obviously working in, and discussing things with IBM has definitely been helpful. So there's going to be an evolution of, of the platform itself alongside the evolution of the full BES. But on, on the positive side, I guess that the users don't need to have a BlackBerry Enterprise plan on their devices. So they can just buy their BlackBerry off the shelf with a um, biz type plan and, and that will connect into this this Express version? Yeah, I mean, yeah, fairly. I mean, it's really simple. I mean, you're one of the things we are noticing, as I was mentioning before, is is somebody having the, the biz already and then just kind of naturally, you know what I mean, going over to a Bez Express, assuming obviously yeah, you have an organization that's doing that. So it's just as simple as you need a Domino server and you have your Bez Express and then just bring in your device and activate your device um, with your, your Biz um, provisioning and you're ready to go. Wonderful. And, and, so, and so everyone knows um, the Express, the, Black, the new BlackBerry Express server, is not supported to run on your mail server. You have to run it on a separate Domino instance. Yeah, th there's um, there's some caveats, obviously. So there are some notes, and there's also a demo that talks about you know looking at that number as a 75 users. So you know you you have to obviously go and take a look at the the requirements as far as deploying um, the best, I guess any version of the best really in your environment. Well, the, the the RIM website says 75 users for Exchange, but zero yeah. users for Domino. It says for yeah, Domino, yeah, it has to be yeah. installed on a separate mail server. Which I, I don't think is a bad thing for most organizations. I, I think, you know, having a separate machine for, for Bez has always been the, the recommended way to go anyway. So, um, so I don't think that's too much of a scary thing. So um, looking forward, Jennifer, I guess you're going to be upgrading this offering as you upgrade the Exchange one. So it's sort of got parity in your product lineup. Yeah, so so they're going to obviously um, be, I think, yeah, they're, they're scheduled to be together and then you're going to have them coordinated with the, the evolution of the full bez as well. Wonderful. I, I think it's a great offering for, to put out there because, you know, we, we've clearly had Traveller for some of the other mobile devices, but um, that doesn't support the RIM devices. And there are an awful lot of users out there that do have RIM devices, in, including actually, interestingly, an awful lot of students I, I get to know at some of the universities that have got Blackberries. It seems to be their default, you know, texting type device. So it's great that they can now be slotted into a free messaging infrastructure as well. Yeah. So one of the other pieces of news from um, BlackBerry over the last few months has been uh, the sort of launch of the Playbook device, although I don't think it's actually able to purchase just yet, but certainly you launched it at your event out there. So, um, I mean, what's the reaction been like uh, to the Playbook? Do you see that as being something that um, BlackBerry customers that have Lotus infrastructures are going to look at um, in terms of providing a larger device for, for users to use? 
Um, well, by the t the amount of requests I have for free ones, I would say yes. <laughs> <laughs> Can I, I have one? I don't to the list. <laughs> you know it's bad when my husband, who's not technical, says, "But well, I think you should get me one of those. I think I might be able to use one of those. And I'm like, okay, now we know we've turned a corner. So um, I, I think it's a definitely, uh, you know, a spark the market. I think there's a lot of interest in it. And I think, you know, looking at it and the way that it's been designed to fit in between, you know, that full kind of bigger experience, it, it really kind of gives you a opportunity to still have that mobile, you know, the, 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 the mobile, I guess the mobile movement in the sense of, I don't have to carry this big thing around with me. Um, I think that there, a lot of people um, are looking forward to having something a bit more, you know, compact, but still bigger than what the traditional kind of mobile phone would be or a mobile device would be. So I guess on that topic, do you have any uh, feedback on when that's going to be available? I guess it's first quarter next year. Yeah, so we're looking at. I think that that's what they're 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 targeting the beginning of the year. That's kind of what I what I've heard. And obviously, kind of being over in EMEA, it's a lot of kind of interacting with who you know and trying to get information around that. So you know, it, it they're slotting it for for the the beginning of the year. And there's actually some really cool. Um, YouTube, um, you know, videos on it and kind of comparing it to, to other devices and, you know, where it's going to sit because obviously it's going to be pairing with the BlackBerry. So, you know, how it's going to be working in between the BlackBerry and 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 the Playbook and then also what are what's required for it as far as you know, is it, will it have a SIM? Will it not? All that kind of stuff. So, you, as um, more and more kind of the specifications start coming out, you see more and more information and kind of showing up on BlackBerry.com and then. Also, they're going to start um, really uh, showing, showcasing video, right, to, to show the, the kind of the playbook in action. And we're hoping that we're going to be able to have a few or hopefully more than a few at Lotusphere kind of showcasing, uh, again, the, the playbook itself, but also obviously what you can do from, a, from an IBM technologies point of view or, or accessing Lotus uh, products. And, and when is Wes? Wes is in May, right? Yeah, Wes is in May. Wes hint, hint, May. cough, cough. <laughs> <laughs> it's always like when is it when is your event when is your event yeah i guess i mean it's always going to be targeted right you always want something with a bit of a a bit of a bang which is always funny because obviously we we always like to do something especially when we because we're we're a knowledge partner at, at lotus fairs we are we've been for, for a number of years it's always kind of like what can we do what can we do oh we can't do that hang on what can we do what can we negotiate with so yeah <laughs> <laughs> and while we're talking about um, Bez on Domino, uh, like yesterday or the day before, um, maintenance release two for service pack two for Bez five came out for full Bez. Yeah, yeah, and it's available for download. And um, I think we're we're looking also with the, obviously the next rev and things of that nature. So so we're moving forward and working all the things we need to work on. Actually, I've got two complaints for both Jennifer and Warren in that you <laughs> log. Now, UK Log is scheduled opposite Wes, and I'm torn completely because GSX, I'm going to be going to Wes with uh, GSX, and then Warren schedules UK Log. I mean, it's a tough, tough decision. And Jen obviously put me in the front of the list there. We'll test drive it for you with bells on. <laughs> <laughs> I'll give you that nice feedback. Yeah, I actually had a discussion this morning uh, about UK Lug and, and some um, being present and whatnot. And I completely, sorry, <laughs> forgot about Wes. And somebody said, Wes? And I'm like, oh, yeah. So, yeah. so where is Wes <laughs> held? It's Orlando. Right? Wes is Orlando, yeah. 
Okay, so yeah. you've got a choice of Orlando for Wes or where, oh, Manchester. Or, where would UK love me? <laughs> it's the wonderful city of Manchester. Why would you not want to go to Manchester in the spring? <laughs> yeah, but Warren, at least, you know, you could actually say, and you don't have to worry about the TSA groping. <laughs> you can use that as a... <laughs> there you go, you see. So and, 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 just, and just so people know, if, if, if Rim were ever to give us two playbooks to give away on the podcast, Stuart and I would win. <laughs> There's no bones about it. I'll just tell you right now. <laughs> or Chris Miller. <laughs> oh yeah, Chris. Yeah, Chris Miller. Yeah. Sorry, the joke. The joke there is when we did the draw at the end. Chris Miller. I think he got three of the draws or something. It was like the name out of the hat is like how many business cards did you put in, Chris? He had the biggest he smile on his face I've ever now. seen. I can imagine. <laughs> so he just what? needs to be barred from any other uh, uh, prizes from events. <laughs> oh yeah, agreed. Very much agreed. Jen, we'll be thinking of the lads in uh, Manchester from Florida. <laughs> She's made your decision already, Eileen. There. So, Sorry. So Warren, this brings us on to UK Lug then. So it's 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 in Manchester. We know that now. So what dates is it? It is May the fourth and fifth. Um, so we're in in Manchester, actually in the Manchester Museum of Science and Industry for a um, bit of a change. There's lots lots to do, including the world's first programmable computer is based there. Wow. Is it for nuts? Uh, no, I don't <laughs> think it runs notes. I've, I've seen it. I think it will probably fall a little bit below the minimum spec for notes. <laughs> <laughs> It'll run basic, but not standard, right? Um, yeah, you might be lucky. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, so it sounds like it's a two-day event again this year? It's a two-day event again, yeah. Um, we're going to be organising sort of various things around it so there'll be uh, lots of things to do in the evening possibly on the f that's a wednesday thursday the fourth and okay. fifth so we're possibly going to be some things coming out on the tuesday and the friday as well keep your keep your eyes peeled on that on the blogs and on uh, uk lug www.uklug.info um so there's lots to do but we've we've we announced it at ilug last week so we've opened to um open for sponsorship at the moment and we'll be open for registration within the next probably week or so so it's all go at the moment excellent and of course a lot of the organization team that is behind ilug also gets involved in uk lug as well yeah i think it's um it's probably almost exactly the same bunch of people <laughs> now um but i mean as Alin said that's i was counting up that's at least 10 user group events that we've done with the same group now yeah. um so it, you know, in all honesty, it makes it possible because we all know what we're doing and um, people can just turn up and, and thankfully, without all the volunteers, it just wouldn't happen. So, And I'm astonished at the amount of kit you have as well. It's just amazing yeah. what kit you have available to, to run these things now. Well, well there's, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of kit. Um, again, is we've built it up over the last 10 years. There's a lot of stuff you need, just um, even simple things like signage. You know, we have boxes and boxes full of signage. Um, but it's... Yeah, that's hence the big van that, that breaks down. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. And uh, something that was also a highlight of Lotusphere 2010 was the UK night you guys ran. Uh, is that going to happen again, this Lotusphere? Oh, yes, definitely. Um, so for those of you that weren't at Lotusphere or didn't see UK night last year, um, the formula is pretty simple. Basically, we hire a bar, we buy an awful lot of drink, and we drink it. And that's pretty much the format. Um, we, that's know, a really complicated formula. Can you repeat it? <laughs> <laughs> Buy beer, drink beer. Um, but no, I mean, we've got to put a thank, a thank you out again to 
um, a whole bunch of, of sponsors, including some on this call, um, to you know, basically just, you know, it's just a celebration of the UK and British note scene and chance to let your hair down. So we're doing that again at Lotusphere. Um, I don't have yet the venue um, booked because I've gone through the official Lotusphere registration process and request process. But it should be on the Monday night at Lotusphere, uh, round about hopefully the same time and location as last year. And so for a couple of hours, completely free bar, come along, just celebrate the UK. And we have a few sponsor slots left, um, literally a few. I think there's three left. So if you, your company would like to be involved in that, then please do drop me a line as soon as possible. Right. And I, and I, I just want to point out, I still have an English, a British passport. <laughs> uh, well, not to worry about the passport, it's the British accent. Well, so you need to come in and give us an English accent. And as long as it hasn't come from Mary Poppins, you're okay. <laughs> I say, absolutely spiffing. <laughs> That's, uh, what oh boy? Can I, can I have some free beer, please? Yeah, thank you. I did hear some comments well, my, last... Well, my... Will my English surname do? <laughs> Since my husband's English. Uh, <laughs> I'm, we'll named after train. I'm named after a train. You, you can swap a playbook for entry. It'll be fine. <laughs> I got. They tried to stop me going in last year, and I just looked at him and went, "Seriously?" <laughs> he was like, "Let her in quick." I did hear some comments last year from the staff at the bar that they've never seen uh, a, a you know a group drink so much beer in so little time as we did yeah. at UK night last year. Well, I did. I did try and warn them, but um, apparently we restocked the bar four times. Um, which I think is going to be pretty impressive. So they, they, they thought we were great, actually. They had a really great time. And they actually invited me back right at the end of the night. They said, you are coming back next year, aren't you? Wonderful. Well, thank you for organising that again this year. We will look forward to that. Um, Darren Duke, there was also a, um, uh, a blog post uh, this week about Gartner and a research that they've done that suggests that 20% of all businesses will have uh, replaced their email by 2014. And I think your, your feeling was you didn't necessarily agree with, with them replacing email, but, but that it might be of less importance. So what, what was your feeling about that report? Well, well, first off, um, I need to start keeping a Gartner scorebook to see how often they are wrong as opposed to how often they're right or vice versa. Um, my guess is, though, by, by 2014, we're talking four years away. And, and, and the truth of the matter is, email is a, I guess the word I could use, the phrase I could use, is a bottom feeder technology. Everybody knows it. Everybody understands it. Reply to all, reply to all, history, new memo, new message, whatever, and you can get your work done. Um, the, the real problem I have is that Gartner have said, well, 20% of all of companies are going to completely displace email and pretty much kill it. Well, I, I don't think you can do that much the same way as, as, as video didn't kill the radio star and as much as I still have a pen on my desk and a, and a stack of post-it notes. I think it's nigh on impossible to come out and say something as black and white and that and be able to back it up in any semblance of, you know, sane gibberish that these guys are, are, are pimping uh, you know i'm not driving a rocket car in 1956 they said i would be i'm not so in in four years do we really think we can change the mindset of the entire working organization despite the fact that everyone keeps purporting that you know young people are gonna want to use social web 2.0 techniques i think young people are gonna do whatever the hell they're told to do to get a job to be quite honest I think that's an interesting point, actually. I think one of the things I've always thought about email is it email massively took off because 
everybody's got SMTP and everybody can talk to everybody else. And that's just not the situation with IM or with Facebook or LinkedIn or anything like that. They're all still little pools of independent communication. So I'd agree with Darren. I think until until something else comes out that is as widespread and as simple and as integrated as internet email, I don't see it happening. And I would be with you there as well. Um, basically, as far as I can see, this goes into the cock pile because um, <laughs> purely and simply from a, from a user perspective uh, within my user group, which is uh, uh, are collected from Asia, Americas and Europe, um, you've about as much chance of prying uh, email from their grasp as of me becoming Pope. <laughs> and if anybody knows me, it's extremely unlikely that I'll ever become Pope. So you've worn the hat a few times. I've worn the hat a few times, yeah, but he always wants it back. <laughs> You're the Pope's stunt double. I am indeed. And, and, and I think yeah, that, that's I, I worth... Yeah, sorry. You know, there's, some, there's something else that we all get lost in here, and, and I think when when Carl Tyler and Chris Miller went to the World Cup and started to, to blog about that, it instantly comes across that Western Europe and the North America have always authentic connections and maybe Japan and, Japan and Korea, the, the, the wealthy countries. I think what gets lost in the mix here is that the, the non-tier one internet countries cannot live in the cloud, at least right now, because you don't have ubiquitous always on connection. And I think that's what the social software aspect brings. You know, this, this rush to the cloud brings that, but I, I think maybe only 10% of the world can, can use these technologies on a consistent basis, which I think is another big barrier to entry. Yeah, but for the organizations as well, it's not just about ease of use. It's also about manageability, compliance, uh, data retrieval. There's a huge amount of, in email at the moment, there's a huge amount of information. There are legal requirements around it. If you start to migrate that data and information into other formats, then you also have to manage those other formats. And, and that was my exact comment on Stuart's blog, right, Stuart? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you said those words. And, you know, something I find interesting about this as well is Gartner put out these very sort of uh, repeatable statements, very broad statements about, about this kind of thing. And then the reports are obviously always behind the paywall. And so it's very easy for their, um, you know, and I'm guilty of this because I've blogged about it, but, but you know, these one-line statements get broadcast all around the web, but but without the kind of research knowledge to back up why they think this is. And, and my concern is that then becomes FUD that people use, not necessarily in this case, but certainly with the you know, competitive aspect of, you know, Lotus aren't doing so well or, you know, Microsoft are taking over or whatever. Those kind of one-liners become then fact in a lot of business leaders uh, minds at that stage so um so we'll see we'll see we'll see what what happens with that if anybody has any comments on it um you know check check out the blog post on blog.collaborationmatters.com i'd be interested in, in your feedback for sure so that brings us to the end of the time we have for for news topics so let's go around and just ask people for their tips as usual we ask panelists on this show um for a tip or a, a a word that they can share with um, with the listeners. It might be a site, a product, a way of working. It might be a feature that they can use. So, Darren, do you want to lead us off this week? This is the one area that everyone said, do not cancel from the podcast. <laughs> um, so, my day job is spent developing and managing a whole host of, of Domino servers. And occasionally, you need to 
send direct commands to the SMTP server to see if it's responding right or whether you can relay through it or not relay through it, et cetera, et cetera. And anyone that's done telnet to SMTP via a DOS prompt knows that it is the devil's spawn and you can't use the backspace. And email addresses and SMTP commands are not easy to type in, so you end up timing out or doing it 50, 60 times. Well, what I use is I use uh, Putty, P-U-T-T-Y, which is a free SSH telnet client uh, from the guy in England, Simon Green, something I think his name is. Um, excellent product. Uh, but you can use that in substitute of a DOS prompt uh, and just simply change its, to, change its output mode to telnet and its port to 25. And now you can do a full real telnet session into an SMTP server and also use the backspace. So that's great stuff. Wonderful. And I, I can certainly um, recommend Putty. It's just a, an essential tool for anybody who's doing any kind of um, work on Linux or whatever. If you want a, a Windows desktop, it's a great tool. So, Warren, what's your tip? Um, mine came out of a, a couple of attendees at ILUG, actually. There was uh, a couple of guys from Norway who, who were there and wanted to know sort of how we do things and how we how we get stuff organised and that. And so I guess my tip would be to get involved in your local user group, or if you don't have one, get one started. Um, I know it's kind of easier said than done, but I'm sure Eileen and Steve and everybody else would agree that if you need advice on how to do it, we're all here, we're all happy to help. Um, start small probably, but you know it's worth doing and uh, get something going in, in your geography. It's a two-step process, right? One, by van, two, by signs. <laughs> <laughs> Three, by beer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I have a good complaints department. Yes. <laughs> and Warren, in previous years, you've run a boff at Lotusphere on on running these events. Is that something that's been sub submitted again this year? It has been submitted again this year. Yeah. Um, so obviously, that's gonna. I believe that's up for for voting as for the last couple of years. Um, I'm, I don't know, Stuart. Is that out yet? No, it's not. As far no. as I'm aware. Okay, so when it is, everybody listening to, 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 to Twill, um, go on and please say, yes, we would like to have that boff, because um, it's been submitted this year uh, with Theo Hesselmans, who runs the Belgium user group. Great. Okay, and Steve, what's your tip? Um, just a, a, a quickie that people may have not noticed. Uh, if you've got an iPhone or an Android 2.2 device, uh, Google changed their Google Docs interface, so you can now edit documents. The Twill document was edited last night from the sofa on my desire. Um, and if you go to uh, the normal Google Docs URL, it will pop up automatically on your phone and you can uh, type away to your heart's content. Um, the other thing I want to mention just before we leave is uh, Tim Clark and myself are growing amazing facial hair. <laughs> uh, this being the month of Movember. Uh, which for your non-UK and even some of your UK uh, listeners is a month in which gentlemen grow facial hair. Um, hopefully somebody will ask you why you're growing facial hair and then you can, sit, you can tell them all about uh, how you're raising money to try and uh, combat prostate cancer. Um, my moustache is considerably better than Tim's, but um, uh, he looks uh, surprisingly <laughs> like a... Like a Mexican wrestler, I look like Hulk Hogan. Nacho <laughs> Libre, right? Oh yes, and we'll have Nacho Libre. We'll have a link to his uh, his sort of donation page, and it's got a fabulous photo of Tim on there, so you can all have a look. Yeah, um, it's uh, bit.ly/ilogmo. 
Wonderful. Okay. Thank you very much for those, Steve. And uh, I have to say, I'm desperate to try out the Google Docs stuff on the iPad because that's been a massive hole in their functionality up till now. So we'll give that a try. And Jennifer, what's your tip? Um, I think the biggest tip I probably learned from uh, iLug was um, not a lot of people have the app, the app world installed on their BlackBerry. So um, I think taking a moment to, to get app world and then just looking at what you might have on your Lotus Notes client as far as widgets or, or add-ins are concerned or plugins, and, and then looking for those same clients. So for instance, Tungo, uh, Google Maps, LinkedIn, Twitter, all that kind of stuff that's available through um, app world for the various devices. So I would say take a look there and, and you might find some really cool apps that you can use and, and hopefully uh, keep you entertained. Great. And can, can I ask, is, is AppWorld included in the latest versions of the BlackBerry device software? Because I've always found you have to download it separately, which seems like a little bit of a barrier to entry. Yeah, I, I know they're working on making sure that it's going to be bundling, and it is something that we have to actually work with the carriers on. Um, but it is something that they're hoping to make part of the standard bundle. Okay, that that would be good when that comes about. Great, thank you for the tip, Jennifer. And Eileen, what's your tip? A tip, actually, while we're talking about iLog, is we had admin tracks, development tracks, management tracks, and sponsor tracks. And there's an awful lot of very good content in there. Very well attended, very good feedback. All of those presentations can be accessible off the iLog website after this weekend. I think it's Monday they're going up. So I would definitely have a look at those. Um, if you were, if you did attend, and you'd like to see some of the present, get some of the slides of the presentations you were at or unable to make, or even if you're unable to attend, but you'd like to have a look at some of the content, they're up there at www.ilog2010.org um, from Monday onwards. So definitely go have a look and get a feel as well for the type of presentations that um, we're presenting at ILOG. Brilliant. Thank you, Eileen. I'm sure many people will rush to do that. And my tip this week is a little bit of a, a mini rant, I guess, in that um, we, we speak to a number of people on this podcast and we use some some tools to, to run this podcast. Uh, Google Docs, we've talked about. Skype is what we're recording over. And it's amazing how many folks in the Lowe's community don't or haven't used those tools, don't have IDs. And and so my tip is just to get to know some of the competitive products. You know, even if we believe that you know Lotus products are the best in the market and can't be beaten, there's no real no there's really no excuse not to have tried some of the opposition, particularly things like Skype, Google Docs, uh, some of the Microsoft products that are free to to download and use. Um, because you know if you want to be able to argue the case very well with your customers or, or convince other people in your organizations to use these tools, you really need to know what are the uh, the pros, you know, the positives and the negatives against the opposition. So uh, if you're an IBMer, do go register for Skype and Google and all those kind of things too. And so, to echo Stuart, security is not the paramount selling point here. Functionality is. Go learn it. Absolutely right. Yeah, definitely. Okay, well, thank you very much for, for those tips. Uh, as, as ever, we'll just quickly go around the table. If you can just tell our listeners um, the easiest way to get hold of you uh, during the week that follows this podcast. Okay, Darren, do you want to kick us off? Blog.darrenduke.net for all things technically related to Lotus and BlackBerry and VMware. And Darren Duke, all one word, on Twitter for my 140 character rants. <laughs> thank you, Darren. And Warren? Uh, www.elsmore.net which is E-L-S-M-O-R-E um, for the blog I'm Warren Elsmore on Twitter uh, UK Lug is at UKLug.info and Affelcon is Affelcon.com Thank you Warren, thanks for taking part today Thanks And Steve? Uh, domino, yes, maybe, .blogspot .com. 
for sort of vaguely technical related <laughs> posts. Uh, and Domino Yes maybe on Twitter. Great, nice and easy. And Jennifer? Um, I'll do a little bit of uh, switching. Uh, on Twitter, I'm Life on BB. So you can find me and follow my Twitter stream there, or you can visit my blog at jlstevenson.com, and you can find links to all my other kind of social media outlets through that blog site as well. Great. Thank you, Jennifer. And I, I'd just like to apologize for my co-host, because if, if that was Darren being nice to you, I'd hate to be on the wrong side of it. <laughs> so thank you, Jennifer. Thanks for taking part and being so, uh, yeah, so no good worries, with no us. Worries. And Eileen, how do people find you? Uh, you can find me at work. E. Fitzgerald, F-I-T-S-O-G-E-R-E-L-D at gsx.net on our blog there where I'm terribly serious. Um, more informal, um, Eileen at EileenFitzy.com, EileenFitzy, E-I-L-E-N-F-I-T-Z-Y dot com, and on Twitter, EileenFitzy, E-I-L-E-N-F-I-T-Z-Y. Wonderful. Thank you very much, all of you. And I'm Stuart McIntyre from Collaboration Matters. Find me on Twitter at Stuart McIntyre. Um, so thank you to everybody for taking part. I hope you've enjoyed listening. Once again, we failed to get under an hour, so <laughs> perhaps I won't ask the question next time. <laughs> so uh, till next week, this was This Week in Lotus. Bye for now. All opinions expressed during this podcast are those of the participants only and do not necessarily represent those of their employer.